Greetings, my name's Adam Draycott and you are watching the online ministry of Inverell Anglican Church. Uh, this has been prepared for the 11th of July 2021 and our sentence of scripture comes from Psalm 16. The Lord shows us the path of life. In his presence there is fullness of joy. In his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Colic prayer. Let us pray. God our Father, your light of truth guides us in the way of Christ. May all who follow him reject what is contrary to the gospel. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.
As we come to the ministry of God's Word, our Bible readings today come from 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 32 and finishing at verse 51. That's 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 51. Our psalm is Psalm 121, and our preaching passage comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 39. Romans 8, 28 to 39. Please take a moment, at the very least, to read the Romans passage. Please pause this video and uh, read it out loud with your, on your own or in a group of people. Please read God's word and may you be blessed as you do that. Let me pray. Our loving Father, we thank you that we can gather. We thank you that we can share God's word together. We thank you that you speak to us. We pray, ask for the help of your spirit to open our hearts and our minds uh, to the truth to the knowledge of your word, that we might grow in Christ Jesus. Uh, and so, Father, lead us in the way of repentance and faith, that we might glorify you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Valentine's Day. I'm about 16 years of age, so not that long ago. Uh, my dad has arrived home from a day's work, bricklaying, uh, and like always, us kids, we watch him arrive, he gets out of the car, he stands at the letterbox, he checks the mailbox, he opens the cyclone gate and up the path he comes into the door and we welcome him. This time, one of the envelopes is a red envelope this Valentine's Day and it's got my name on it. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And I was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. And my sisters, I had four sisters, right? And uh, my two younger ones have seen this happen and they've gone, ooh, like it was a big deal. But there was a problem with this card, a Valentine's card, it turned out. It was anonymous. That's a problem. And all the cards said it was signed off from an ardent admirer. I didn't even know what the word ardent uh, meant at the time. I had to had to look it up, and I couldn't recognise the handwriting. Uh, so big question: Who? Who? And and of course, youth group was on that week, that Friday night. One of my sisters took it upon herself to interrogate all the girls at youth group to find out if it was one of those. So so embarrassing, right? Now, how does the story end? Uh, well, it's. The story ends years later, years later. Uh, I worked out there was a hidden hand at work. Uh, it was the hidden hand of my father pulling a stunt on his teenage son. And I look at the handwriting and go, ah, uh, game's up, Dad, thanks a lot. Anyway. One of those treasured memories of my father. Romans 8.28. Have a look at that. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. This, Romans 8, 28, uh, that's the first memory verse I recall uh, learning at youth group. We used to do the memory verse thing every week, and it stayed with me ever since. And I wonder, if I read out verse 28 again, would you believe it? Do you believe it? Let me try it. Do you believe these words? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Is it true? Do you believe it? How is it possible that we can know through all things? Notice it doesn't say some things, not even just the good things. How can we know through all things that God works for the good of those who love him? Notice the claim is qualified. It's for those that love him. So this is the Christian experience. This is for those who have been called by God and claimed by God. Those he foreknew before Grandad was a baby or Adam was a boy, God knew he gave us a destiny, he gave us a future. He's got it all mapped out. And what is that future? Well, you can see the future. He's predestined us to be what? Look at verse 29. Here is your future. Here is your now and your future, actually. Verse 29, to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And so see this very clearly. What is the good in verse 28? As God works for the good, what is that good? It's not health and wealth and prosperity and blessing and all that other stuff. It is that we will be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the good. God's great purpose is to make us like Jesus to take on the family likeness that I'm, we talked about la, the other week. Despite the groaning of la, groaning and glory, that was last week. That's right. Well, here is, here is the glory and the groaning that God would make us perfect as Christ is perfect. God has two agendas for your life. Everything he does is designed to bring me to Jesus. That's his first agenda. His second agenda is having brought me to Christ is to make me like Christ. First agenda, bring me to Christ. Second agenda, to make me like him in his likeness. To be conformed, transformed. See, what is going on in your life? What's going on in your life right now? Is it sadness? It might be grief. It might be conflict. Brokenness, frustration, sickness. In all of those things, there is benefit for our soul's health. Do you believe it? It's a hard truth, isn't it? I mean, you might be sitting there going, well, it doesn't feel like there is benefit. I'm so over it. Will I make it to the end? You might have all of those things going on in your mind and the answer of course is yeah of course you will you'll make it look at verse 30 look at those words predestined called 
justified, glorified. Each one would make for a good Bible study question. What does each word mean? Could it do a sermon on each word? But let's pick off glorified. To be glorified is the finished work of being made like Jesus in eternity. God didn't need to create anything. There is nothing necessary about our universe. But in love and grace, God chose to create everything so that his glory might be the joy and delight of others. Revelation 4 verse 11, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honour and power for you created all things. In Genesis chapter 1, we're told that humans are made different to the animals. People are created to reflect the character and glory of God. Our lives have been created to image or reflect the glory of God. It is why we exist. All of life and history is about glorifying God. And my very reason for drawing breath today is to glorify God. And so this is a love story, if you like. God didn't have to create us, but he did. He didn't have to create us to bear his image, but he did. And in doing so, he gave us a unique opportunity to take joy in the highest, most beautiful, most desirable thing imaginable, the glory of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 23, says that very same glory of God, humans traded for idols. It's like we went to a swap meet and we ripped ourselves off really badly. Devastatingly so. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, tells us that because of our sin... We fall short of the glory of God. But in that same chapter, in chapter 3, God provides an atonement for sin, a ransom as Jesus, the perfect image bearer of God, dies for us as his blood is shed, as he does that to deal decisively with sin. Chapter 5, now we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Chapter 6 and 7 says that we, as people made right, we're dead to sin but alive to Christ. We're on a new path, a new trajectory. Chapter 8, no condemnation. No condemnation. We're alive to Christ. We take on the family likeness. We are on the path again to glory. If you join the dots in Romans, it's fantastic. To be able to do that. The broken image we see begins to be restored as we seek to glorify God in our lives through obedience in faith and faith in Christ Jesus. God himself enjoys nothing more than his own glory. God uh, longs to see in us his glory shining in and out of us. And it's absolutely nothing of you and it's nothing of me, it's all of his son, Jesus. And so there's nothing better or higher to love. 
There is nothing more beautiful uh, to be in love with. And out of that same love, he created you and he created me to participate in his glory as his image bearers. And so our own stories are swept up into this great love story that could ever be told. The story of the unending and unsurpassed glory of God. So we can be sure then that what God starts, he will finish. Make no mistake about that. If you've got unfinished projects at home, what's in your shed waiting for you to do? How does your house look, dare I ask? Is your wife still waiting for a new kitchen? Maybe she is, I don't know. Still need time to get around to painting the house? Is the car waiting for a cut and polish, a nice detail? Weed control, dilapidated fences, the list could go on. But look at verse 30. What God started, he will finish. That we, if he started the work of glory in us, he will finish that work. We will be glorified. Evil, problems, difficulty do not frustrate the purposes of God. You might know the story of Johnny Erickson. Uh, she dives into a lake in the United States as a 16-year-old. Dives in, hits her head on a rock, floats back to the surface, quadriplegic. There is a moment in her book where Johnny says, I now realise that God allows what he hates to achieve what he loves. Think about that. God allows what he hates to achieve what he loves. He allows an accident to bring quadriplegia into Johnny's experience in order to bring her ultimately to Christ and to make her like Christ. God allows what he hates in order to achieve what he loves. And that is all to his glory and praise. And so verse 28, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Four questions then follow. Look at verse 31. Uh, is there anyone strong enough to be against us? Verse 33, is there a judgment day where someone can bring a charge against us? Verse 34, is there anyone with enough authority to condemn us? Verse 35, is there anything catastrophic enough that can separate us from the love of Christ? And what is the answer in verse 37? What's the answer? Shout it out if you like. Let's hear it. The answer is no. There's no more comforting truth than this. Again, it takes us back to verse 28. There's... An understanding that there's no rogue cell can enter my body that is outside the purposes of God, which is designed to make me more like Jesus. Here is a reminder. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, there is no experience we have that God allows that God cannot and would not use to shape us into the likeness of his Son. Now, what does this mean in practice? I mean, I, 
well, let me explain. I'd like to get to the gym more often than I do, which is zero at the moment. Uh, if I was to go to the gym and get into good condition, I could meet up with the gym owner and he would tell me how it all works, right? And he might say something like, you know, when you come to the gym, it involves tearing muscle. And as I tear muscle, that allows more muscle to build and to grow. Tear, build, tear, build, tear, build. That's the way it works. And so how do we think God builds spiritual muscle in his people? We need to start tearing. When we experience trouble, tear. Doctor says you've got this much time left. Well, that's a big tear, isn't it? Farewelling a loved one, tear. Family relationships get tested, tear. Drought, tear. Flood, tear. Mice, <laughs> tear. But there is assurance and promise in these questions. Look at verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you doubt God's love amidst the tears, so to speak? Verse 32. If he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? There's the all things again. Verse 28. Or what about guilt and self-condemnation, those tears that seem to remain pointless and unhealed? Well, verse 33. Who can bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And no one can condemn. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? See, where are you at with God? What do you think God is like? I wonder if you're ever suspicious or cynical about the goodness of God. Ah, suspicion and mistrust in a relationship can spell disaster, just saying. Look at all the giants waging war against us. Accusation, verse 33. Verse 34, we see judgment and condemnation. Verse 35, we meet troubles like disasters, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness. I think shame there. That's a bit strange, but shame. Go with that. Uh, danger, sword. Will those things separate you from the love of Christ? Can they separate you from God's love? Will such things conquer us? Will Satan win? Verse 36, are we like sheep waiting to be slaughtered? That's some kind of tear. We sit here for your sake, Lord. It seems like we're just waiting in line to enter the great abattoir of death. Shall death separate us? Verse 37, what's the answer? No. No. And so see again the extent of God's love for you. How do you know God loves you? How do you know God loves you? Look again at the cross. 
see the cross, that God has sent his son, the son who dies for us, who loves us, Christ Jesus. And that same Jesus who died for us stands over us and protects us even when things are at their darkest. He is with us. He is the one that declares us forgiven and not guilty. He's the one that mediates for us, speaks on our behalf. He's the one that never abandons us and loves us eternally. Do I know I'll be in heaven? Can I know I'll be in heaven? Yes, because what God has started, he will finish. And so Romans 8 is not about my ability to persevere, but God's ability to hold on to that which he has called and made his own. Nothing is going to come your way that can knock you off the rails. It's all designed to make you like Christ Jesus. And so here is the key to contentment. If Australia is so close to heaven and so close to paradise, the lucky country, why, if that's true, why are we seeing an epidemic of suicide in our region? And discontent, so much discontent. And so many mental health issues that were there way before COVID. And domestic violence. Isn't it because people are looking everywhere except the place they can find peace and contentment? Peace and contentment is not found in the lotto ball of life. It's not found at the bottom of a forex gold. Contentment is not found vicariously through your husband or your wife or your whoever it is. That someone in your life or longing for someone in your life. Don't expect someone else to give you what only Christ can give you. It's only found in knowing here there is a hidden hand. And that hidden hand springs from a heart of love. And of course this hidden hand belongs to the Father. And his hidden hand is designed to bring you to Jesus. Jesus, who is the only hope. And then having come to Jesus, he's going to make us more like his son, more like his child, more like the family likeness, which means groans and, gro groans and glory, remember. See, can you look back and see how God has brought you to himself? Can you look at yesterday and will you look at tomorrow and see how God is making you like his son? Here is our birthright. If you are God's child, no matter how dark things seem, there is a hidden hand at work for, uh, and nothing can separate. Nothing can separate you from the hidden hand of God who is at work in us and through us, the God who loves us infinitely. Romans 8, 28. For we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
So that those God foreknew, he predestined for what? To be conformed to the image of his son. That's it. Do you know God loves you? Come again to the cross. See God's love for you there. Amen. Uh, again, the usual encouragement, uh, whoever you are, wh wherever you are, whoever you're with, uh, please spend some time praying. Uh, please pray in response to what we've shared today. Um, there are lots of needs. COVID continues to be a, a thing everywhere, particularly in Sydney. And um, uh, so please be praying about that. Please be work, praying about the work of mission uh, for our, our, our CMS partnership, um, for the work of BCA. There's lots of things that we can be praying about. Uh, but most especially, uh, please spend some time uh, reflecting uh, on these verses again and giving thanks to God for the promises, the amazing promises uh, we find here in this passage. May God bless you as you do that.